Sunday morning, 20 past 10. Um, I got up crazy early this morning, five o'clock. Um, took my motorbike out, went down to Lulworth Cove on the south coast, lovely spot. Um, something I often do in summertime because of the early light. Uh, and I've got home now, as I say, 20 past 10, and the rest of the family's still in bed. Wonder sometimes if they ever miss me. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm just a normal guy. Well, at least I was, until my son killed himself. Now nothing is normal, and I'm realising that nothing ever was normal, and nothing will ever be normal again. But thank you for joining me on My Argument with Grief. How can I begin to understand what my son decided to do? What was going through his mind? Why was this the only door that would open for him? Why did he do it the way that he did? When did he decide to do it? How much had he planned it? Those left behind, and I think that's what I can call myself now, I'm a person who's been left behind by someone taking their own life. Those left behind have all these questions, and that's before we even get onto subjects like if only and what if. I've been deeply exploring over the last week this subject of understanding his thinking leading up to that moment. Not the litany of mental health issues and other outside factors that led him to this point over the years, just focusing on when he made that fateful decision. And actually, one of my other sons, my eldest son, has the best key for unlocking this right now. But let me take you on this week's journey before I come back to that. Did I mention I'm a detail person? Yeah, of course I did. But actually, only detail I'm passionate about there are many times at work where people say, I don't do detail, and they're right. If my heart's not in it, then I switch to being a skim reader. I grab onto the first bit that makes sense and decide that I understand. Is it my mental condition that makes me like that, or are we all like that? Doesn't really matter. I'll do crazy detail when it matters. I can list a certain IT Botham's complete career stats off the top of my head if asked. I can tell you the podium finishers of every race of the 1983 Grand Prix season. I could give you a complete rerun commentary of every one of Frankel's 14 wins. Totally useless, but they matter to me. So when everyone is discussing the death of my son, I'm focusing on the minutest details. What was he wearing? What was his route that night? How long did he sit in that spot? And... To be fair, with the help of some great detective work from my eldest son, I have good answers to most of these questions. And boy, has that helped me a lot. But next I have a need to understand the thought processes behind what he did. Not the reasons as to why he made those decisions. Not the things I might have done wrong. Not other external factors, whether they be lockdown, girls, or just the pressures of adult life. Just what made him flick that fatal switch in his mind? What made him just decide that night to enact a plan? If indeed it was a plan. And even then, I now know he sat in that fateful spot for more than 30 minutes. What inside his brain kept him focused on his plan? In that time, he could have just hit dial on his phone to anyone and changed his entire direction. What stopped him doing that? Why didn't he just do that? Where is the time going? 
it's been a month. I couldn't even begin to say what I've been doing in that time. It's just been a blur. And I'm not certain I'm even grieving properly. But then again, it doesn't feel like I'm winning any argument. I don't want the time to move on. Every day forward is a day further away from him. Why hasn't the world stopped? Why are the birds still singing? Why is the sun still rising and setting? It stopped a month ago. Why, why does nobody notice? So this is where I've got to in trying to unscramble this mess. To make any progress on this, I have to accept that we're talking about his mind here. Not mine, not yours, not any other experts. His mind. And we're all unique. So stop trying to compute this in a way that works for your mind. I have to stop being selfish and thinking about my hurt and why has he done this to us. This is about his hurt and his hurt has now gone. Everyone has to have their own view of what death and afterlife are. Religion has made a bit of a mess for centuries of trying to tell us what they are. I don't think he had any traditional religious views but we don't really know and we have to stop using our view. To him, there was a place he could go where it doesn't hurt anymore. We don't know that place. We'll never know that place. We shouldn't know that place. It is his place. It doesn't matter whether it only existed in his mind. To him, it was real. I've always had a place I've planned to go when I can't cope anymore. But mine just involved a letter of resignation, a change of name and a cottage in Wales. His place was just very different. In some ways, it feels just that I now have to feel some of the hurt that he felt. Any parent would happily take all of their child's pain and I won't shirk from that. But what difference does that make? Do I spend the rest of my life beating myself up? Maybe. But then I might as well announce that grief is the winner and wrap up these podcasts now. And I'm not giving up yet. When I'm talking to him at night, I'm saying, well done, son. You found your happy place. You went there. And I imagine him saying to me, I'm all right now, dad. But ultimately, this is just my brain making up stuff that suits my thought processes. I have to stop trying to understand his mind because I never will. Just accept that. Which brings me back to my eldest son. A man who is maturer than I ever could be. A man I look up to. He spoke to me about looking for answers. And he said if you can accept that he chose to do this, if you can understand that he wanted to go to his place, then the answers to the questions don't really matter because you'll always come back to the simple fact that it was his clear choice. I hate that fact, but it is true. I hate that I can't turn back the clock. I hate that I can't just bring him back, drag him away from the edge, carry him home. I hate that I made him that unhappy. I hate myself. Wow. I was doing so well. I, I was coping. 
Uh, speaking to others in my support group, I seem to be flying through the early phases of grief compared to some of them. And then wham, you wake up one day and next to your bed is um, grief. Just sitting there, daring you to get up so he can mess with you, dragging you down his evil path. Today's just a day of grief. Little point trying to fight it. Just a day of horrible emptiness. No future. Join me next time on My Argument with Grief.